Today's show is brought to you by Real Life Baby. Real Life Baby is a fabulous online resource where you will find a variety of tips on baby and toddler well-being in addition to the most thoughtfully sourced baby gear eco shop. Real Life Baby is a great resource for parents looking to surround their little ones with the safest, most nurturing materials available. I'm personally a big fan of the humanely sourced wool products. You can explore the Real Life Baby shop by heading to their website at reallifebabyecoshop.com. And for a short period of time, you can even get 10% discount by using the code CRICKET10, all one word. That's C-R-I-C-K-E-T-10. That's reallifebabyecoshop.com, discount code inspired after my own little bun in the oven, CRICKET10. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. My name is Cassie Joy Garcia. I am your host. Welcome to our weekly 30-minute mindset, health, fitness, nutrition, all that good stuff. We like to cover it all show. Uh, Today, bringing back an encore guest. I'm really excited about this. Her name is Brianna Battles. And if you caught episode number 126, you were first introduced to her there. She has a wealth of information. She's a pregnancy and postpartum strength and conditioning coach with just a solid outlook when it comes to preparing our mindset, for pregnancy and postpartum. One of my favorite quotes from the first podcast is uh, a really good reminder that pregnancy is temporary, postpartum is forever, and to really make sure that we're intentional about nurturing our bodies and making sure we're set up for long-term success for the health of ourselves and for our babies. So I'm really thrilled to welcome you back. We have so much more to cover, Brianna. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on here again. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you. And if you guys are sitting at your computers and just eager to Google right away, you can find her over on the web at briannabattles.com. But today we're going to cover a couple different topics. Since posting that podcast, I think both Brianna and myself were reached out to by a bunch of folks who had listened to the episode and just confirmed how much it resonated with them and the story of how to really listen to our new body and what that really means was such, it's not something that's necessarily intuitive. Um, And I would love, I really wanted to invite her back on so we could follow up on that conversation, sort of a part two. But um, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to talk about that today. I also went and saw my very first pelvic floor specialist (laughs) running a couple minutes behind. And it's because I was just got home from my appointment. So it's really fresh. So I have, I've been talking about <laughs> pelvic health all day. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. It's actually really exciting. I got home and I told my husband, I was like, I can't wait to tell you all the things I learned. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know my husband thinks I'm so crazy. He's like, I'm pretty sure I know more about the pelvic floor than any man like ever should. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> You definitely should know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. He should definitely should know. It's good stuff. It's really good information. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, so I'm – anyway, so I figured we could share that. And then, uh, Brianna, remind me how old your youngest son is now. He is a little over three months old. Oh, my gosh, such a little baby. Um, Except he's, like, giant, so it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) A giant little baby. That looks like a nine-month-old, so it's so funny. 
<laughs> He's so stinking cute. Well, anyways, welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to chat. Um, so today I would like to zero in on, I'm sure we could talk about this extensively, but this is such a really good question that has come up in follow-up conversations since our last, is the concept of the advice that pregnant and postpartum women are told is listen to your body when it comes time when do you know when to go back and work out what movements to do oh just listen to your body and your body will tell you but how how do we listen to our body you know so the cues are going to be different and um, how do we really interpret that so I would I would love it if you could kind of give us a little overview of uh, what all is involved there right so I mean well, listen, listening to your body is just such a generalization. It's something that our doctors tell us, our midwives, um, even our coaches, and then mom to mom, everyone's like, well, just listen to your body and, you know, take it easy. But we have really, like, this is not a body that we know when we're pregnant and even when we're postpartum. Like, we've gone through some significant changes, and it just makes it really hard to know what exactly we're listening for, what exactly we should be doing or not doing. And even if something feels fine, even if there's like no obvious symptoms, it's walking this line of risk versus reward of the movement. Like, well, is this exercise going to be conducive to what I want to be doing a year from now after I've had the baby? Or am I walking that line where it's, it's maybe pushing the envelope too much where what I'm doing now could, um, could set me back potentially postpartum. And that's when it, um, I'll use, Let's see. Let's let's go with impact. So impact, for example, this could be running or box jumps or double unders, whatever. Maybe you feel totally fine when you're pregnant doing them. You're like, well, yeah, I can keep doing them. Like I've always done them. I feel fine. Nothing is bothering me. Um, my and so my when people always ask me like, what should I do? What should I not do? Um, I really just try to emphasize the risk versus reward because obviously, if you you're a runner, you feel good running. Like yeah, you're gonna want to keep running. But um, if you want to keep running a year from now, knowing that that could potentially have some implications on your pelvic floor and you would need to really be working with your coach and structuring your training and the volume and intensity of all these things really well um, is so important because I see a lot of people who are like, I ran through my whole pregnancy and I want to sign up for half marathon when I'm three months postpartum. And it's just wear and tear on a area of your body that has taken a beating just by the nature of carrying a baby for nine months and then delivering the baby regardless how the baby comes out um, and then that desperation to get back so that's why listening to your body isn't always the best cue um, some things that we can listen for and I guess watch for um, would be any kind of incontinence like peeing when you sneeze or laugh or uh, run or if you do 20 double unders, but number 21 you start peeing like this is all super super common in The pregnancy and postpartum athleticism circle where it's like well I feel fine now sometimes I just pee a little bit or I feel fine But now it feels like a tampons falling out or something's up with my pelvic floor I don't know what's wrong um, and that can happen in pregnancy and postpartum. So being aware of prolapse symptoms mm. um because we've always been told that like any kind of pelvic health symptoms or I guess like the our culture has told us that pelvic health symptoms are something that's reserved for being 90 when you need a diaper mm -hmm. right but like but what we're ignoring is um, you know we're, we just see so many women that at the bottom of a clean they're peeing or when they're doing double unders they start peeing or um, they have prolapse and now have to restructure their entire like 
their entire style of training and intensity and all these different things and they just have to really be mindful and so my goal I guess is to equip as many women as possible to make really quality training decisions when they're pregnant so that when they return postpartum if they are managing symptoms they aren't like they aren't debilitating symptoms and then if people are having symptoms knowing okay what is my what is my symptom threshold and how can I like walk to that line again of knowing what to do um, how much to do of it and um, reintegrate with quality so gosh I just I just rant that's just <laughs> I guess I love it it's so fascinating it's really interesting you know and you you said when it comes to listening to our body, for example, so one of the reasons I'll kind of share my personal story, I can't remember how much I shared on the last episode, but I had suspected really, really and truly, Brianna, not until I think I came across your work, um, did I really suspect that I had, was it an over-engage or what is the actual term? Uh, hypertonic hypertonic pelvic floor. Um, and so it's essentially the opposite. I, I'm too engaged. Uh, all the time and it's just and I, I think it probably happened started happening maybe gosh six six or so years ago when I really started working out a whole lot ran a whole lot and I just started walking around kind of just I don't know what to say sucking my belly in all the time but just constantly being engaged is what it felt like and what I did without knowing it is trained my pelvic floor to be in this constant state of engagement. And I didn't realize because I could get through a workout fine. I was doing yoga. I was still pliable and flexible and um, doing all these things that I thought everything was really, really healthy. But at the end of the day, there are some symptoms as it relates to my posture, some little subtle things that could have been signs I was not looking for because I didn't have major pains and I didn't have anything that was really obvious. Um, and so now that I'm getting ready to have a baby, I'm starting to pay attention to certain things and I want to make sure everything's really healthy down there. Um, and that as far as the pelvic floor goes, it's relaxed enough to be able, you know, with the trauma and pain of all that, I'm able to disengage it to the point where, you know, the baby can pass through without any major trauma or damage further. Um, but it's been interesting. And so I went and saw the specialist and she really confirmed a lot of what, of what I had suspected. And, um, and it is that some of the things she has me looking for now, it, it feels like I'm speaking a different language. Um, as far as like sitting on an exercise ball with a noodle between my legs, <laughs> we're really getting into the TMI zone for, <laughs> for some of the more sensitive listeners. Um, but sitting with a noodle between my legs so that I can actually tell when I've disengaged my pelvic floor because I have so disconnected with the, you know, the, the manual control of it. Right. And so it's, it's, and that's just one tiny example, but I wanted to throw that out there because if someone said, just listen to your body, I would have gone on ignoring this because that's it was exactly it. That's yeah. Exactly it. Because we're, I mean, also like talking about pelvic health and especially when you're an athlete, it doesn't seem like something you need to really care about. And trust me, like my career as a strength and conditioning coach, I never thought it would take like that kind of turn into talking about Pelvic, core and pelvic health and women's health um, considerations, but it does have to be part of the conversation if we care about our 
long-term health and fitness as athletes and as moms who want to continue our fitness and athleticism postpartum. And what you're talking about with having like a hypertonic pelvic floor is so incredibly common um, with athletes because we're always like sort of, I call it like, we're always like high and tight. Like, you know, we mm. have our shoulders are up. It's really hard to relax when you are an athlete. Like it's just very, very hard because we are always kind of in that contracted um, state of being mm -hmm. um, and sucking our stomach, things like that. Like that all is part of our um, like, I don't know. That's just all, it's just part of what we are and what we do. And so sometimes when people come to me and they're like, well, I think I have plantar fasciitis or my knee's kind of bugging me or my hip or back or whatever, it's always, and they've recently had a baby or they're pregnant. Um, I always default to saying like, okay, well, what's up with your pelvic floor? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they laugh because they're like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that have to do with anything? And it really is like the command center of our body. Um, again, especially when we've had a baby or we're pregnant, um, even if it was five years ago, it all sort of like, it all matters. It really does. And so the relaxing is just as important, like knowing how to relax your pelvic floor um, with breath is just as important as being able to contract it. And so in my circle, people are like, well, I just want some pelvic floor exercises to do, or I want a strong pelvic floor. Um, you probably already have a strong pelvic floor. It's just mm -hmm. getting that um, control and training to automaticity where your pelvic floor is responsive to your breath and diaphragm rather than having to do like people think like, well, I'm just going to do 100 kegels a day and that's what's going to uh, give me a strong pelvic floor. And that, that's just not good enough information. That's not it either because we don't do 100 bicep curls every day to make sure we have strong biceps. We put it into <laughs> – every other movement that we're doing. Our biceps get stronger by deadlifts. Our biceps get stronger by pull-ups, right? Like, so we have to train our body, our pelvic floor is a muscle, just like any other muscle in our body, to be responsive to the demands that we're throwing at it. And that's, if you want to run, you shouldn't be doing a kegel the whole time that you're running. If you mm -hmm. want to do box jumps, you can't, like, try to just, like, hold everything in because as anybody who's listening to this knows, um, if you – have if you are afraid that you're going to pee your pants when you're doing double unders you're like basically squeezing your vagina as much as you can um, <laughs> the whole time that you're jumping and and or you're like kind of bracing for that before a box jump and so and guess what you still pee right mm -hmm. or even if you go to the bathroom um, halfway through you come out and you're still going to pee it doesn't really matter like that's there's always that reserve so um so yeah, it's knowing that like our breath and the relaxation of the pelvic floor and the contraction of it needs to build to automaticity. But in order to do that, we have to kind of scale back and make it more of an intentional effort at first where we are even aware that um, our vagina has to function in ways that we didn't really think it needed to function prior. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. It seems like such an ignored muscle group in general when it comes to health and fitness, because, you know, when I, when I go to a CrossFit class, I'm not thinking about how I'm going to engage anything right. down there. Right. And you know? I honestly, like, I don't like to even talk about it that way either, because I think it makes people kind of uncomfortable or feeling like, well, I don't want to have to like, think about my vagina when I'm working out. <laughs> yeah. It's like we all think about our glutes. We all think about our abs. And we have to know that that 
the whole system works together. Yeah. So you cannot talk about having a like strong abs or a strong core without also having a pelvic floor that's working with you instead of against you. And so what I will try to dial back in more so is our positioning and lifts and are we holding our breath for everything? Are you taking a big breath before you jump? Are you holding your breath through the full range of motion of your squat? Are you um, like in a really tucked, like butt tucked under position with your ribs really rung up when you're doing double unders and you're peeing that way? Mm -hmm. Probably. Like that's what I tend to see a lot. So then it's repositioning the body in certain movements and just cueing breath. So, um, and really just that exhale because the exhale leads to the contraction, the inhale leads to, re to the relaxation of the pelvic floor. And it has to work like timed and together. And again, you might be thinking about it a lot at first because you just have been given this awareness. Mm -hmm. But after a while, our brain is so amazing. Um, you know, this is a neuromuscular strategy. We catch on and it starts to happen on its own without having to be like, oh my God, what is my vagina doing right now when I lift or when I come up? Like, it should not be like that because that's too distracting. You know, we just need it all to work together. And so having that awareness first, practicing with that awareness will lead to it just sort of being able to happen on its own for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, can't make a total generalization because there's a wide variety of symptoms, but um, for the majority of my pregnant athletes, man, this is the stuff I want them to be aware of right away so that they're not having to learn when they're in survival mode with a baby and wanting to get back and their body's just gone through some trauma of childbirth however it comes out even if it's an amazing beautiful whatever delivery um trauma is trauma is trauma to mm -hmm. our body and we have to just respect that and not try to go into it trying to kick our own ass <laughs> mm -hmm. yep yes they ignore it away i think this is a great spot to stop and hear from one of our sponsors Today's episode is brought to you by my friends at ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers grass-fed, grass-finished, pastured beef, chicken, and heritage breed pork to your door each month. The animals are humanely raised and are never introduced to hormones or antibiotics. I have been a loyal fan and customer of ButcherBox for over a year now and love my monthly butcher box delivery because it helps me get healthy, nutrient-packed protein on my table with ease. To order your own butcher box, head to www.butcherbox.com forward slash fed and fit podcast where you can get $15 off plus free bacon with your order. Again, that's www.butcherbox.com forward slash Fed and Fit podcast for $15 off and free bacon with your order. That's so interesting. You know, and something you just said is, was I had heard for the really one of the first times recently, but um, that we relax the pelvic floor with an inhale and then contract it with an exhale. Did right. I say that correct? Yep. Um, that's backwards. When you, when I was, when I practiced that, I, I want to do the opposite. Right. And, but it's, it's funny though, because it, this isn't like, you know, something that I've made up. Or anything yeah. like that. Um, it's, it really is our human physiology. If mm -hmm. I mean, in your spare time, if you'd like to look at an MRI of the human body, um, <laughs> you can see the diaphragm descends and in order for on, and that's on inhale and in order for the diaphragm to go down in our body, the pelvic floor has to kind of expand and mm -hmm. relax, broaden, whatever, to make room for our organs as there's like that downward shift because of the trajectory of the diaphragm. 
And then when we exhale, the diaphragm goes up behind our rib cage, and every like our pelvic floor also rises in that response. And so, what why it feels opposite um, is because we are master compensators at everything we do, especially athletes. But like, <laughs> when you add pregnancy on top of that, like so that's why we hold our breath. That's why you know we're always just sort of like tight, like we're sucked our stomachs in. Pelvic floor kind of follows suits. Um, and then we add load and we add intensity on top of that. And so it does feel super reversed because we are in this, um, you know, like really just like this contracted state all the time. So mm -hmm. it's really hard to think about relaxing when, when uh, we feel like even we are relaxing, we're still sucking it in or we are relaxing public floor still gripping and holding on. So um, it is definitely multifactorial, but um, it's, it really is our physiology and it's retraining our brain to be aware of like, okay, inhale, pelvic floor relaxes, exhale, slightly lift. And like, not like a crazy over contraction, but like a three out of 10, because again, mm -hmm. we're training for it to happen on its own without having to think, okay, exhale, lift. You know what I mean? Like in the beginning we will, but um, we don't want to over recruit either. So. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And if anything, I feel like a good analogy for this from anybody who's having trouble wrapping their minds around it. It's kind of like tree training good posture. And correct me if, if I'm if I'm off the mark here, Brianna, but mm -hmm. you know, we, we, thinking about posture is something that everybody can get behind and we can very easily easily visualize, right? If we're sitting down right now, you can think about you know pulling your shoulders back a little bit, aligning your spine into a more neutral position. And something like that takes practice, you know, and it takes rewiring that um, of the subconscious and the muscle groups and training everything to the point where you don't have to think about it if you really intentionally practice it. You do your own sort of um, homework in that regard. And I feel like this is a similar concept. Oh, totally. And then even to take it in another direction, it's like think about when people are wanting to learn the Olympic lifts. How long do we drill mm. with a PVC pipe? You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're an empty bar, like we're, cause we're drilling patterns and we're making our brain know what to do in each stage of the lift, right? Like we're training those small pieces in order to put it all together and then to put it all together under load. It is the same thing when it comes to, um, trying to prevent whatever pelvic or uh, core symptoms that we can during pregnancy and then postpartum, really making sure that we've dialed in a rehabilitative strategy into our movements so that our brain and body are working together and not just like overcompensating for, well, a baby came out of me three months ago. So, well, I'm just going to try to jump right back into what I'm doing, but our, and our body will try to let us because it is so good at, mm -hmm. um, at compensating and at sort of pushing through because that's what we've trained. We've trained our bodies to like, push through and keep going and like don't stop and I feel good enough or like you know it's hard to kind of take a step back and honor um, symptoms and honor what our body is really ready for because we so desperately want to be able to keep doing the stuff that we love doing during pregnancy and make a full return to it postpartum and I'm an advocate for that 100% but there is a way to do it and there's a way that will make it a lot more challenging. That makes so much sense. Okay, so speaking of which, um, we kind of touched on a few of these things, but what are some things to, if someone's listening, and we, we barely touched on this last time, but if someone is listening and they're thinking, gosh, I wonder if I, if I have something that I should be looking for or some form of dysfunction, 
what would you recommend people zero in on, listen for, and watch for specifically? So um, any, any like leaking, any peeing at all, um, or, if the, or if you feel like you need to pee all the time, um, or you feel like you're not going to make it to the bathroom sort of thing, if you're peeing on impact, um, if you feel like pain or pressure in your vagina, you feel like maybe like a tampon is falling out or something similar to that. Um, if you have like pubic bone pain, like it hurts to step, um, like towards the end of my pregnancy, even, um, I had a giant baby in there. Like mm -hmm. he was just like sitting on my pubic bone. So I had like pubic, um, synthesis dysfunction, which is also really common. Um, but a lot of women get that, a lot of my like runner moms get that really kind of early on and then we have to manage that. So any kind of like sharp shooting pain, any like people often I hear like they try to just blame it on like round ligament pain because that's deemed normal. Mm. But there is so much help for any kind of symptom that you're having um, in and around your pelvis and just getting a better strategy, talking to a pelvic floor physical therapist um, and just saying, hey, I'm having this, I'm having that. Um, they can help kind of guide your training and also, um, or at least guide themes of your training and then can also give you like a strategy of like, okay, well, when you're getting out of the car, if that's what hurts you, why don't you exhale, slightly lift your pelvic floor, see, does that help? Or do we need to like really just relax more and work on relaxing your belly down, relaxing um, your pelvic floor? So it's really individual. Um, mm -hmm. Any kind of coning of the abdomen, um, because that is like there's already a baby growing there so this is a really important point because I get so many messages of people that are freaked out about diastasis recti mm -hmm. um, and I want everyone to hear that it is a very normal part of pregnancy our body is made to expand and grow this child um, and and it has to go the baby has to go somewhere so mm -hmm. the baby is going to grow into that fascia of the linea alba and so, and that's that line in the six pack abs. And so as you get bigger, and if you're like me and you just have this giant belly, like of course you're going to have a diastasis. Mm -hmm. Our stomach has to expand to make room for that baby. But now if we are, um, see, if we're rowing, for example, we're on the rower and we have this 36 week pregnant belly, for example, um, and you're cranking back and you're in that fully, like that full extension, Mm -hmm. um, what you'll see on the majority of pregnant bellies is this coning effect down that line of the six pack abs. Um, so that's why I don't suggest doing like ab work during pregnancy because we don't want to exasperate a symptom that's already being created just from the, um, effort of growing a baby. So we don't yep. want to exasperate and stretch out that fascia any more than what is already being stretched by the baby. I caught myself on a rower, just sorry to interrupt you, yeah. um, but I did. I thought I, you know, I've been very conscious of trying to not do core specific workouts right. and uh, for that very thing, trying to look for coning, you know, I eliminated kipping pull-ups really early on because I looked down and saw the coning happening and decided right. no more of those, but a rower I thought would be benign. Well, rower is, can be great. Um, again, yeah. positioning, positioning is everything. And syncing yeah. um, our movements with our breath is also so important. So, for mm -hmm. example, on a rower, and if we're, we're like, yeah, I'm rowing, this is awesome because um, I'm not running, so therefore I'm eliminating impact. 
that is that is awesome. Mm -hmm. so, but there is a way to row where we're managing our core symptoms too, especially if we're coning. So it's staying a little bit more upright, mm -hmm. even when we're pulled back with, um, you know, when we have the cable pulled back, not leaning all the way back like we would if we were almost like in a sit-up position. You just want to stay a little bit more stacked. And yeah, it's going to shorten your pull, but that's okay because we are not trying to, um, we have nothing to prove during this chapter. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. But let's just keep saying that over and over. There's absolutely nothing to prove to yourself or others um, during this chapter. So just staying in that stacked position, being able to pull to your chest, um, where you're not exasperating that um, that pressure, really, because when you lean back, all the pressure goes forward um, out into that linea alba. Mm -hmm. So staying stacked and then exhaling on the pull um, and then inhaling forward tends to be a really um, a pretty good strategy, I'd say, for the majority of people. And again, there's not a one-size-fits-all, but at least I know, like, as we exhale, we're decreasing pressure um, mm -hmm. in our core and pelvic health. And so if we're decreasing pressure on like the hard part of the movement, like that seems to be a pretty helpful strategy for the majority of athletes. I can definitely see that. It's really interesting. And there's people listening who, you know, they, they are not pregnant, ha haven't been, um, don't think they will be for a while. And there's other folks who are expecting and folks who already have kiddos running around. And it's just, it is so interesting how our approach to physical fitness evolves over time as our bodies change, especially as women. Right. And, um, you know, it, like a huge point I want to put out there is like this is not just a pregnancy and postpartum mm -hmm. conversation because I have 15-year-old girls that are contacting me because they're peeing when they land at their volleyball game. Mm -hmm. Like after, you know what I mean? Like after whatever they spiked the ball. I was not a volleyball player. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, so like they're peeing when they land there or uh, collegiate basketball players are doing box jumps and they're leaking or, you know what I mean? Like this is, and maybe women in their 50s who had babies like 20, 20 years ago are saying, oh, wow, that's what this is. Um, and with their abdomen or with their pelvic health. And, um, you know, fortunately, we have different platforms now to be able to talk about this aspect of being a female athlete without shame and um, and just with some better guidelines where we're saying, yeah, keep working out. Like, we want you to be an athlete your entire life. But if you um, have a vagina, that is something worth honoring and worth integrating in a really positive way to your workout. And because pregnancy and postpartum is a bit more of a vulnerable time in a woman's athleticism, let's talk about smart ways um, and proactive ways to train through those chapters so that when you are 60, you are deadlifting or whatever. Like, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, that's that's a wonderful, wonderful point. It's almost as if it just brings things come to the surface, bubble to the surface a little more easily during this phase. But you're right. It's definitely for everybody. Right. Um, that's really fascinating. Man, Brianna, I just love it. I love chatting with you. This is so wonderful. It's almost like uh, we just we don't know what we don't know. Totally. You know, and there's no shame in if you're listening and, and you've pushed through. I've been there too. There's really, we just, we, when we know better, we do better. And I'm just so grateful for your work and what you do and how you put it out there and, and how you deliver that message is very empowering. So thank you for doing what you do. Oh, thank you. I'm, yeah. And like you said, there's no shame because nobody, no one is really talking about this too much. And um, un unfortunately and fortunately, 
I learned through a series of really challenging events of, of my own first pregnancy and postpartum experience and desperately wanting to keep being an athlete and healing a really significant diastasis. And now I'm in the trenches again, healing a significant diastasis. Like, you know, our bodies are all different, but there are like common themes that are worth honoring and just even just being aware of so that we can be full advocates for mom's health and baby's health. Um, we just can't get forgotten about and act out of desperation. So act out mm -hmm. of awareness instead. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that if you suspect uh, there may be a, some something going on, maybe reach out to do some Googling, see if there's a local physical or pelvic floor physical therapist nearby that you can you can drop in to see. Do you have any other recommendations as far as resources? Um, yeah, so I actually just made a free ebook and I go over like five common mistakes that pregnant and postpartum athletes and their coaches make. And in that ebook, there is a variety of like, basically, uh, it just sources out like, click here, kind of, if this is something you want to learn more about, or if this resonates, click here. So I tried to make like a, a like guidebook for that almost acts as a very glorified FAQ page. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I just want it to be a resource that at least gives us the general things to be really aware of when we're training through pregnancy and postpartum. So I launched that like uh, a couple weeks ago and um, it seems to be a good resource for a lot of um, you know the women and athletes that I work with. So that's awesome. And where can folks get their hands on it again? Um, on my website and definitely my social media. My website's actually kind of going under some construction right now. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to think if it's up there right now. <laughs> but on my Instagram, Brianna.Battles, and on my Facebook page, um, Everyday Battles-Brianna Battles, um, it's, all, it's all there. But yeah. Awesome. That'd Perfect. That's a great resource. Brianna, thank you again for doing what you do and putting out such great information that yeah. empowers um, these wonderful women really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate your time coming back on the show. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for being such an advocate and resource and being so uh, vulnerable and forthcoming with your process too. That's, we definitely need more of that out in, out in this space. Oh, you bet. We're just going to, with this baby coming, everybody better get ready for TMI corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We all need that. We're all in this together, girl. We are. We are. I don't have, I really have very few secrets. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I really appreciate it. Um, keep, I hope that everything continues to be wonderful with your sweet boys and uh, with you in this postpartum period as well. And if you ever need anything, please reach out. Everybody else listening, remember you can find Brianna over at briannabattles.com. You can find her online as well, social media. I'll link to all of this in our show notes as uh, where you can also find a complete transcript of today's show if you'd like to review and read something that we may have talked about. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. As always, we'll be back again next week. <laughs>